Hi guys, and welcome to the Casual Weekcast. I'm Ellen, and I'm Madeline, and let's chat. Hi guys, welcome back to another episode of the Casual Weekcast. Today, I thought that it would be cool if Madeline and I just. Chat it. <laughs> There's no topic, and you can just listen to us rant. I guess we're just gonna try something new, and if you guys like it, we might do it more in the future. But yeah, this is a ranty episode. Let's jump into Bridgerton because that's what I've been watching. All right. So what? Wait, what were we talking earlier? Oh yeah, we were talking about Netflix. I don't think you've been watching it though, have you? No, because I generally don't really watch TV shows or movies that often. If a Marvel movie comes out, then I'll watch it. But otherwise, I don't really watch it. We were just talking about. Bridgerton earlier. If you're into watching popular TV shows, then you know what I'm talking about. But yeah, I was just telling Madeline earlier about Bridgerton, and yeah, you said you really like her costume design, right? Yeah, I think it just makes her look really elegant. Yeah, her name is Kate, by the way. Oh, wait, I just want to add this part before we finish the Bridgerton rant. Another part of the story that makes it so interesting is that this is from season one too, and it carries on to season two. But they have. A person called Lady Whistletown, and she's kind of like the person who writes gossip about people, and it, it got so popular that it could ruin people's reputation entirely if you're written in the paper. And then even the queen herself is like very, very invested. Like every time a paper is out, everyone just grabs the paper and they read. And the thing is, even the queen feels kind of scared by it because sometimes the the person writes mocking stuff. Like even the queen is, but because because nobody knows who she is, so she feels more brave to write like that. Because Lady Whistletown is not her real name. It's just her pen name, so I think that was really interesting. It was a really cool addition because the rest of the story is narrated in Lady Whistledown's voice when it's not the character speaking, and it actually shows the effect of how people at the time, and not just at the time, but even now, how much people care about society and your reputation and what people think of you. Because if you're on the paper and they write something bad about you, your entire family is destroyed basically, and it's a bunch of families and stuff. Yeah, even in this society, when we see dramas about celebrities or dramas. About About politicians, if the media publish anything negative about them, then we can probably assume that their career is gonna get hurt. Even if they don't lose their job, their career is gonna get hurt to some degree. I just thought that was a really cool addition because it's still relevant today. Like a lot of the stuff actually portrayed in Bridgerton, even though it's set way back, it still applies today. I just think it's so interesting that at the time there's no technology or whatever, and nobody even writes newspaper, but there's only this one person that is the only source. So it kind of makes her all the more powerful. It's kind of funny in a way because she randomly had an article one day, and then suddenly she just blew up, and then suddenly she's the most important paper in the world, and everything she writes is like Bible. <laughs> It's kind of cool. It kind of also shows that how we're so easily affected by something as simple as something you write, which can be applied to YouTube comments, like hate comments, you know, or anything slander that people say. You know, that can be so easily written, but can just be entirely false. You know, this actually reminds me of when I go to Taipei to skate on Wednesdays. There's Always a group of moms who will bring their kids on Wednesdays. And a while back, one of the Taiwanese celebrity was getting married to a Korean celebrity, and then that made the news. My family is not really interested in that kind of stuff, but apparently people are. Okay, so I always sit on the first row, and then those moms they sit on the second and the third row, right behind me. So whenever I'm just putting my skates away or tying my skates, I can hear them chat, and then they've been talking about that celebrity, and then. Her marriage and then other dramas for a long time. So I was like, dang, some people they are really interested in other people's business. And I guess it also helps that they're celebrities, so they care even more. I don't 
don't know. Upon further thinking, because I really like to analyze TV shows and movies after watching it, I realized the fact that nobody knows her and how easy for her it is to slander people when she by herself wouldn't have the guts to say that. It's kind of like people can hide behind a computer screen and then be really really mean to other people. But then you would never say that. You wouldn't even have the guts to even talk to them probably. <laughs> Let alone say something mean that to someone on the internet. It's kind of the same thing if you think about it. It seems that the director or the producer of this show have this ambition in mind to reflect the modern society through this more of a fictional story like what you mentioned earlier the music choice and then the character setting the dynamic they choose to present i feel like they're trying to use this fictional world to reflect a part of the modern society through it and that's why i really really like it for some people on the outside it looks very cheesy and if you just look at it, oh it's a pretty costume princess story but there's a lot to it that i think makes it really interesting i mean obviously there are parts about it that i don't like i'm not saying it's a perfect thing i really liked it i've been to watch the whole thing and another thing to add to a spoiler towards the end of season one it was revealed who lady whistledown is and then it turns out she is a friend of the bridgerton younger sisters like they're best friends and this younger bridgerton sister is obsessed with lady whistledown because she's the girl in the family where she is more like i guess quote-unquote rebellious for the time like she's the kind of lady who's like oh, i don't want to be a proper lady and she's like <laughs> stupid man and like, i don't want to oh i like my books like one of those quirkier girls you know whereas her older sister is the beautiful bridgerton who was named the diamond and then became a duchess she was the main character and basically she's best friends with the the other family girl and then where they're best friends because she was i guess the quote-unquote obese girl of the family everyone in the thing like there's definitely diversity in terms of race in the thing but everyone there is fit and pretty and she's the one that's more i guess plus sized and then she kind of felt invisible in a way and then this girl i'm just gonna say her name eloise bridgerton she's also like she's pretty and stuff but she just feels out of place because of her personality so the two of them are good friends they bond over their lack of fitting into society and they're like teenage girls more closer to that age and then they're like best friends and she's like oh i love lady whistledown and she's like i wonder who she is and this girl's like pretending to be her friend the whole time and in the end it's like reveal she is lady whistledown but then she's written like scandals about pretty much every family including hers but not her herself but she's written about her brother her sister and everything it's just crazy and then towards season two it gets even more because it's reveal who she is and she kind of becomes more of a center character and then you see how she feels so invisible like her older sister got engaged and then she has a secret life at midnight and she goes out and then she finds a publisher and then she pays and then it gets her paper published and everything and it gets to the point where Eloise found out where the printer shop is she's like huh why is this Lady Whistledown's paper feels the same as this other book that she's been reading and that other book has the location of it so she found the printer shop and she went there because this printer shop is like in the poorer area she went there and she kind of fell in love with a boy who works in the printer shop but she's a high society lady but then he's a, he's a printer boy this is a subplot by the way the main plot is the older brother but they have so many subplots so this is the subplot and then this whole time the queen is trying to find lady whistledown she's already shown that since season one the queen doesn't like to feel threatened and lady whistledown has so much power over people so she doesn't like someone with power over power so this kind of also shows politics like if you're the queen king nobody you don't want anyone else to be king kind of feeling so then she hosted a bunch of events and then tried to track down based on what they read she's like okay they narrow down that this lady whistledown has to be a noble person because why would she know all this noble business and then so so the queen hosted so many events and then they narrow it down to it must be a girl and then they basically the wedding was called off and then they follow this girl to the printer shop the eloise and she's like okay she is the lady whistledown but she's not she just is trying to find lady whistledown and then she just fell in love with the boy there and then she starts going there a lot so then the queen trapped her and then got her into a carriage and then threatened her it's like oh i give you three days if you do not blah 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 blah, blah i will ruin your family even more if more than your family is already ruined because of your ruined marriage. and then she like started freaking out and then she's the kind of girl who tells 
everything to her friend, which is the real Lady Whistledown, which is her name is Penelope. She's like, oh my god, I'm my family's blah blah. Penelope was like, oh no. And she's like, yeah, okay. And then she thought, hmm, if she were to write a bad article about Eloise, then maybe the queen wouldn't believe that it is Eloise, because why would she do that to herself? So then she wrote that Eloise is involved with this poor printer boy, because at the time it's like, oh my god, noble woman with poor peasant. Oh no. So then everyone started scorning her family. And then Eloise was like, cannot even be seen with people, because they're like, oh, I cannot have a children play with her. It's very dramatic, okay? And then she was really upset about it. At the events of the, she finally saw Penelope after not seeing her for a while and they like start chatting and then basically she also stopped going to printer shop because Penelope always convinced her to stop trying to find Lady Whistledown basically because she's her best friend and she can easily sway her so she's like oh so you're not gonna find her anymore and she's like no everything is ruined anyway I also ruined that boy's life I ruined everything and my reputation is ruined I ruined my family too and she's just there sighing and then Penelope is like oh good good don't talk about Lady Whistledown anymore and then she starts like so she's relaxed okay and then she made a mistake because usually when they're chatting she doesn't reveal any gossip she just like listens to Eloise rant about stuff kind of like how I'm ranting to you and she kind of listens she does like got loose enough so she's like hey look at that guy over there like the way she's like blah 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 they're at an event okay there's a bunch of people and she's like talking about observing and Eloise like huh she got this she's like what a keen eye and then the way she was describing it it's almost like story like kind of like the way Lady Whistledown writes and then she was like huh and then she finally put all the pieces in her head like all the times like she's always asking her about Lady Whistledown what do you think of her article and stuff like that it's like hmm, don't talk to her and then she's like put all the pieces in the brain it kind of ends with a scene where the last episode she's like you're not my friend anymore like this very dramatic fight and then they're like, shouting and taunting each other and then she's like no i'm just trying to protect you see i wrote that article so she wouldn't think it's you so she wouldn't hurt she's like no but let's be real here you're only trying to protect yourself and then i guess she didn't really have words because it's partly true she just doesn't want her identity to be found out and it kind of ends like that but then you know how lady whistletown is the narrator of the story so it kind of ended with her saying like hey hi readers or something i know that you all think that i'm because sometimes she goes away she's, i'm silent now but you should know that i will never be silent and then you just like done at her writing her who knows what and then the thing ends it ends in that scene and then it skips to years later where the main characters like the guy and the girl are married and they're happy ha 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 and it ends but that's kind of the subplot so you know like in season three that there's gonna be more to this lady whistle down thing okay that's really long but i just think that it's so interesting because the fact that they chose the girl that is kind of more the invisible girl of society to be the writer who actually has the most influence i think that's a very brilliant plot i don't know i think that's really smart earlier when you mentioned that this plot sounds more like a teenager thing and then you mentioned this subplot it kind of reminds me of a lot of mangas I read when I was younger there's a lot of Japanese shoujo manga that has this plot where this supposedly normal average girl she's actually secretly a I don't know assassin a magician or secretly a dragon secretly a you know just like a special being and then this supposedly average girl she's always a leader of this really important organization or actually a daughter of a powerful leader of something something. Anyways, this girl secretly has a lot of influence but everyone doesn't know, only her knows and then she's secretly enjoying this identity. It just kind of reminds me of those plot. And then those mangas were indeed targeting younger people, teenagers or children. Oh, but if you really think about it, the Bridgerton is targeted to adults. It seems like they have a lot of more like teenage girl drama stuff but really it is targeted to adults and then adults love it so what does that tell you <laughs> on the first look it might look really teenagerish but the message they send are pretty adultish i really think this whole penelope and eloise thing is 
a lot deeper too. Again, with the subtle details of the biracial stuff and even the music they play when they're like dancing and little symbolism and stuff. I think they have a great attention to detail. I think that's what makes a great TV show. If they have good detail, they have complicated meaning. And then if it's something you can make you think about a lot, which in this case, it's a plot that is seemingly normal, but in a way it's kind of polarizing because it's just like, wow, beautiful, everyone's rich, noble, English time with adult stuff. It's kind of polarizing in a way. Yeah, I think this sounds like a drama or like a show. It's a show you can either choose to view it in a lighthearted way, like a normal romance drama, or you can choose to look deeper into the message that the show might want to send. Anyway, what about you? I know you say you don't watch TV, but there has to be something you really like in terms of watching entertainment. Is there something, I guess, how did it impact you and why did you like it? Because the shows that I usually watch are more either horror, suspense, or fantasy. I think out of all the shows I watched, the show that gave me the strongest impression is The Walking Dead. And then I can't say if I have any insight on the show, but I can say that when Carl and Glenn died, I was so sad about it. Are they lovers or are they main characters? It's just two of the characters that are well-loved in the show. Don't you hate it when shows kill off the main characters? Why do they do that? <laughs> when Glenn died, I wasn't expecting it at all. He's been in the show since the very beginning, so when he died, I was like, what? I also watched an episode of Black Mirror. This show started with a woman, two men, in a van. They're driving to a abandoned factory, and then in the beginning, we thought they're trying to get medicine to help their friends back home or something. So they drove to this factory, they went into it, and then they found the box they were looking for. So one of the men, he climbed up to it, and then when he lifted up the box, he saw a robotic dog sleeping. And then so he panicked, he rushed down the ladder, he warned his friends that there's a robotic dog up there. And then at that point, it was kind of confusing because, you know, it's a dog, how threatening it could be. After the man on the ladder warned his friends, the dog sprung up and then shot out the GPS into all three of them. Anyways, they started to run away. But the man on the ladder, after he got onto the ground, he got attacked by the dog. His head blew up from the shotgun or whatever gun that dog was using. The rest of the two, they ran away. So the man got into a van. He tried to start the van. The woman got onto a car and then she was also trying to, you know, flood the scene. So, but the robotic dog, he caught up to the man and then... Again, the dog killed the man. And then the woman, she tried to escape. She also had to use some tricks to escape the dog. So the dog eventually caught up to the woman. Because the woman was bleeding from the wound, so it tracked the blood of the woman. It found the building that the woman was in. So the woman, she didn't succeed. She got killed too. Then the camera, it goes into the sky. And then you start to see a lot, a lot of metal dogs chasing the woman's blood and then gathering to her location. The metal dogs also gather at the factory they broke into. There's this robotic dog. It also went up to the dead man's body. Beside the dead 
man. There's this box that they were trying to get. Inside the box, it's not the medicine that they made the audience thought it was. It's just a bunch of teddy bears. I think it just shows that the world has become so hopeless or dangerous, or I don't know, that they're willing to risk their life just to get a teddy bear. So your theory is that the worlds are really dark. When the world gets dark, that people get desperate. Yeah, I'm just gonna assume that they're a group of human survivors living together and then there's definitely kids in there. Sway, so that is technically a bad ending though, right? Because it ended up with an antagonist kind of quote-unquote winning. Yeah, to me, it's a pretty bad ending. But I'm pretty sure there's a reason why they ended that way though. Yeah, there's definitely a reason why. You know? I'm really confused. I don't really know how to explain the episode. Yeah, it does sound really complicated. It sounds very interesting though, but also very confusing. (laughs) Okay, well, I guess that's about it, guys. Thank you guys for listening, and we'll see you guys next week. Bye. Bye!